Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to tonight's edition of Students for a Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Cinco LaGuardia, and we are live. Folks, welcome back again. I'm your host, Doreen Cinco LaGuardia, for tonight, and we have an awesome show set up for you. We're going to be talking about African American history, um, particularly when the African Americans switched from um, Republican to Democrat, and we have some great guests on here. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, a movie that they made called Enhanced Interrogation. And before we bring our guests on, I do want to mention um, the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforabetterfuture.com. If you can go to their website and kindly make a contribution, that would be awesome. Again, that's studentsforabetterfuture.com. Um, and then uh, and make a contribution. Again, that would be awesome. And so, folks, um, you know, once again, every week I come on. Um, you know what, we're getting some background static in here, so hang out a minute. Um, but anyhow, we are entering a period of where we are post-Constitution, and everything that's going on with the FBI, the FISA warrant, okay, it's totally unconstitutional. And it was set up by members of the Democratic Party, particularly Hillary Clinton. If you follow the case, this, that is worse than Watergate. And so mm. we are entering a dangerous period of where we are post-Constitution. And so we need to take a step back and think about what, how to come out of this. And this, that's the thought for the day. So between now and next week, if I can have my listeners text me on what to do, Okay, and and how we can all get together and help one another. That would be awesome. People have my text, have my Facebook page. They have our website. Okay, our email address is studentsforbetterfuture@outlook.com. That's studentsforbetterfuture@outlook.com. That would be awesome. Um, and now to tonight's topic or topics, if we might say. Um, uh, Daryl, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Hello. Okay. Uh, we have our guest on, Daryl Brooks, okay, and um, also Barbara from Harlem. And um, we yeah. have Daryl's producer on. Can you hear us? Yes. Can everybody hear us? Yes. Um, okay. So I want Daryl to talk for a minute because he is actually involved in a project um, in which he's making a movie called Enhanced Interrogation. And he yes. can tell us all about it. Go ahead, Daryl. Well, um, myself and uh, one of the co-writers is Steve Martino, who we both co-write and producing this uh, awesome short film uh, called Enhanced Interrogation. I remember I was in... Uh, I was in my room one day and uh, at my house, and I said, wow, you know, um, I'm really interested in the idea of making a movie. And so I, 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 I sat down and started doing some writing and, and, and talked to myself, well, who can I do this interesting uh, movie? I need also a, a good write, also a good co-writer. And I remember I had Steve on my show when I did a uh, TV show, in a TV show and um, on a fire show, so I, I gave Steve a call. And next thing you know, me and uh, you know Steve put together the script, and uh, we had we sharing different ideas. And so I was like, "Wow, we got something here!" <laughs> and so next thing you know, uh, you know we put the you know the script together, and uh, Steve uh, he had a couple of meetings, sit down phone calls, and sat down. And next thing you know, we uh, got a director 
and we had uh, we start finding actors, and, and it, it, it just uh, uh, we had it just rolled over to something also, and you know it's, it's taking time, and and we're just uh, you know have little ups and downs with uh, you know finding uh, uh, the money for the movie, but uh, you know we're still uh, it's uh, it's still a work in progress, just just movie producing and. It's not a uh, overnight thing. It doesn't take a month or two. It's taking over almost, a, I guess, it's about a year, right, Steve? Yes, about a year. I mean, we have a cast and crew of over 30 people. Um, we're, we're trying to complete the funding for the movie. And the reason why Daryl came up to me and asked me, he said, Steve, there's a lot of fluff out there in Hollywood. We need a movie to really high impact, make people think, and uh, take the movie making to the next level. A lot of times we see movies and scripts, and they and they use sex, violence, or uh, graphic scenes, and and really don't have a, a, a substantive plot. It's almost like an embarrassment to the, the audience. They, they think that they're almost, you know, not intelligent enough to appreciate a good plot or a good story, as, as a lot of the older movies uh, once were. So Daryl and I came up with an idea of of uh, a uh, terrorist attack. And what happens is we were able to catch one of the terrorists, and the ethical dilemma is do we torture this terrorist, who actually is a woman terrorist, um, in order to get the, the uh, vital information? And, and debates go on if the information's useful, will it help? While well, all this is going on, the time is ticking. You're seeing the terrorist plot uh, underway in the background. So it's a suspenseful movie. Um, that we hope that the, the, the watchers will, will, will really go home and say, you know, this, this is something that I have to really think about for a long time. Uh, we yeah. plan to make other movies with, with such high-topic high themes uh, because we respect the audience and really want to take, to take these short films and possibly a full film to the next level. Yeah, and so, and so the movie, uh, you know, one of the things about the movie uh, is that uh, we're, it's, uh, we wanted to – make people think you know we wanted to really make people uh think about what's really happening around the country around the world and and, and something that people just can really under, can understand like you know even with the uh, terrorists you know we've seen a lot of male terrorists but we really doesn't people understand what does a, a female terrorist who wants to come in america and destroy uh, a major city you know how does it, what does a female terrorist think you know and because you know Terrorists and terrorists, but you have the difference. There's a difference between male and the female terrorists. One male terrorist believes he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to heaven, and you know, he's getting, I guess, what, twenty, thirty virgins. And you know, the female terrorist is, is totally different in how they think about um, um, uh, being a, uh, a terrorist and, and destroy, want to destroy a city in our in our in our country. So. The idea is what was what does a female terrorist think, and and the idea also is um, how and as her as a leader of, of a terrorist group, you know, because there's, there's definitely differences between the male and the female terrorist. Well, let me ask you guys, uh, and, and the difference between the male and the female terrorist is: does the female is she more ma- manipulative in her way, like? Would she, you know, come here and and um, you know, dress like Western and then infiltrate a little bit uh, and and do things secretively much more than the male? No, you know, it, 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 she she's she's dressed uh, with the 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 uh, hijab and does consider herself a, a, a devout um, Muslim. Um, in this, but but the motive's different. We show how she was been brainwashed since day one. She's an Afghani refugee coming to America, and she's known nothing else but war, strife, and the desire really to destroy. Um, make a long story short, so she takes this hatred that she's learned from day one when the Russians raped and killed her mom here to America. So it's that mindset of it's you know she she's found a higher calling in her mind, but in, in effect she was brainwashed uh, from day one into this false belief that killing will bring you closer to Allah. And I do have many uh, Muslim friends who who uh, will, will vouch that uh, that that's uh, 
it, it's very uh it's it's more uh, radical it's you know it's like they call them more heretics in in that belief and she and she and she wants to prove to herself she has something to prove as a female you know and uh, i think that's you know when it comes to terrorism and you know she wants to prove that she can uh, do the same thing as a male terrorist or something even on a larger scale and she's a leader you know she's not someone who is just sitting around the, uh you know the jab on and pulling a thumb no she's a leader uh she's been trained and 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 trained by the best terrorists in 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 her, in her country so she's she's coming to america because she she wants to uh, accomplish something but she's also you know to you know she has something to prove and as as a female terrorist that she can just if she can uh, uh, accomplish something on a major scale just like the men are. And if, when you look at that, when you look at the uh, female terrorists, you look at what the San Bernardino terrorists and how the the, the the person who was in charge of that was a female. She was the one, she brought her husband in. So, she, you know, so it's, it's about also for her something to prove. So yeah. now um, t- take um, Luther and um, Barbara and I, um uh give us like a an explanation on on how you went about doing this because what you're doing is you're creating a movie so what's the first step somebody needs to do when you do that well, well i think Daryl had the first step come up with a really good idea take yeah, something you know, <laughs> you know no, I, I, give, I give i give Daryl that the, the completely that credit. When he, when he called me up, he said, you know, I have something really crazy to tell you. I want to make a movie on terrorism. And, you know, not just terrorism, but what makes a terrorist tick? And mm-hmm. really, what would you do if you caught a terrorist? Would you torture them? The next step is really just take it one level further. You have to research the, the topic. You have to go in, read FBI files. You have to read case reports. You have to read new, you know, first-hand testimonies from not only the terrorists but interrogators. I, I, I delved into FBI files. Um, and that's, it's, it's, so that's step number two. Then you have to actually create a story, number three. Um, and that took a lot of go- – Daryl and I worked on that for, for a long time. And, and then number yeah, four, yeah. We, had to, you know, we had to get a, a director. We had to get, hire a cast, hire a crew. And the most entertaining thing was when reading the script, they're they're making corrections and adding to it because these are trained professionals. And they said, you know, Steve and Daryl, you know, I, I, as a character, I feel as if I would do this or say that under these circumstances. So, you know, that was what well, that was another step we took to re, redo the script. You know, we, we're just in, in the process of we're ready, we're ready to shoot and then uh, really try to get out there to the public. Yeah, and, and wow. one of the things, yeah, one one of the things for me is uh, I I watched a lot of frontline PBS on, on terrorism, uh, uh, especially we had to look at YouTube, you know, and have the you know you would have these uh, you know terrorists talk, you know, former terrorists or, or interrogators talk about you know how would they interrogate the uh, Islamic terrorism terrorists. So it was a lot for me. A lot of frontline PBS, a lot of uh, YouTube and investigation on you know what would they do to a terrorist and, and interrogate uh, you know certain things that he had to, they had to do. So it was one of those. Uh, it was a lot of YouTube, the YouTube and uh, uh, they got documents and frontline PBS. And 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 also there it was other terrorist movies that were out anyway on torture. You know, one was Siege with uh, Denzel Washington. And the other one was uh, what was the guy named Steve, uh, the, the tall, warhead guy, African American guy. Um, that was one of the other terrorist movies that I, I was. Oh you know, yeah, I remember you mentioned. I forget what it's called. Yeah. So there were, and, and the difference between those two movies, it was more so that the FBI and, and the CIA would do all the. They they made the decision to torture. And about our movie, it's, it's it's more so the upper level government making the decision. You got that Ooh. right, Daryl. Huh? <laughs> um, Daryl, so from I know, I know. Um, so Daryl, from beginning to end, from coming up with the idea to the production 
to writing the script and whatever and getting the actors and then completing the project, how long does something like this take? Well, I, I you know, I think with, with, with uh, me and Steve, it, that was, it was pretty quick. I mean, I mean, we, we, the, the, the script was basically done in three weeks, Steve, I think three or four weeks. Yeah, we, we, we hashed it over. Writing it yeah. was a quick part, but then rehashing and redoing it before we actually brought it out to the actors and directors that that took us a good another month or two. Yeah, and then and then we had a, a casting call. We had people come together for the, uh, who were interested in being in the, in the show. I mean, and and so I guess for us it, it might have been at least three months, two to three months, and 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 then you know, and then we got one of the hardest part is that we had a uh, someone who wanted to back the film, and he wind up backing out unexpectedly, and 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 basically wasn't honest, lying to us about you know how much money he had, and and and, and you know coming to sit down, we went to sit down with him at a couple of meetings, and and, and it turned final, out the disastrous. Final, the final meeting where we went to pick up the check is actually an amusing story. Uh, <laughs> he, we're in, we're sitting in his office, and he's like, "I'm gonna go out to my car to get the check." I mean, you can't you can't write anything like this. We're waiting, waiting in his office. All of a sudden, Daryl points points outside. He goes, "Steve, he just drove off." So he drove off. He drove off and left us in his office, and, and he never and, came and, back. And, yeah, and so and so my thing was, okay, this guy is uh, his name was Amir, an Arab guy, and so you know we wanted to you know first my thinking, okay, let's. Let's just trash the hotel office and, and run out. That's a good feeling, but we didn't do anything that, that like was, that. That's but the, you, you know, did order anger. a bunch. You did order a bunch of those chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. So you know that that was <laughs> the point of, of of anger with me, and so because you just don't treat people any kind of way. Uh, if you say you're going to do it, say you're going to do it. Don't sit there and lie to individuals. So in 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 it, it, it just it just put a whole downer on the on the movie and what we were trying to do. So you know we had to uh, go back to the drawing board and, and we start uh, put together the GoFundMe and we and and and, uh, and it really didn't go out because we probably raised about like four hundred ten dollars. And so you know one of the things that you know we've always we've been meeting each other, talking about getting some things together. Now we're putting together a trailer. Uh, we're going down to the CPAC convention uh, to talk to some conservatives. Some of the wealthy conservative people are the politicians and and uh, people down there who are, you know, top dogs in, in the CPAC and the conservative party. So we're going down to CPAC in a couple of weeks to um, network about network about the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be exciting, you know, because uh, I've been to a CPAC convention and uh, all the the, the just all the heavyweights uh, will be at CPAC on that week. Um, yeah. I have Barbara here um, on the line because she just recently wrote a book. Yes. Um, Hello, Barbara. And yeah. Hello. Yes. She uh, she actually she grew up in a Democratic household and and whatnot and. Um, you know, and go ahead, Barbara. You want to tell your story? Well, I mean, like most blacks, you know, when you're black, it equals register as a Democrat, even though you don't understand um, some of the terms and, you know, you don't understand who you're voting for, why you're voting. You're just told what to do when you become of age to vote. And that's been, um, I think, a bad downfall in the black community because we see what we've been getting for the last decades. In other words, most of the inner city places, urban areas, are run by Democrats who promise this, promise that, promise that, and promise this. And they constantly be, they, they get reelected, but their districts are very poor, very violent for the most part, and I don't think that there are many exceptions to that. So my book which is entitled Escaping the Racism of Low Expectations, I think it's, um, it's needed. In other words, um, low expectations seems to be a theme in the urban community because 
Uh, that's what we've been programmed to believe. Low expectations is the way that we should see our lives and our existence. And this book counteracts and contradicts that ideology that's floating around in urban areas. So, but you broke yes. out of that. What was that? You you broke out of that. Yes, I did. Voting Democrat. Absolutely. And I'm sure it wasn't I, I, easy. Well, no, it wasn't easy, but, you know, um, because of a lot of things that happened in my life, I began to think differently. And the first thing on my agenda is how can I please, number one, God? And what, how can I be good for my country? And then how can I live with a clear and honest conscience? So my God, my country, and my conscience are my God. So then you decided to, well, you didn't decide. You actually saw, you had your eyes open, what really was going on. Yes, I did. Yes. Yes, I've listened to the lies. I've listened to the racial rhetoric, um, how the the race card is played over and over. I was a member of several um, Democratic clubs in Harlem, and um, even the one that Charlie Rangel frequently attended. And um, I heard the the drumbeat over and over and over. We can't make it because of the white people. You'll have to re-elect me because I'm here to save you, to deliver you. And then I look around in my beloved Harlem, and then I see more dismal, I, I see more dismal living and more hopelessness and more crime and more drugs. And I say to, said to myself, well, what has he done? What, do these, um, what are these politicians doing to improve the quality of life and living in urban areas? And I couldn't find anything that was significant. So that helped me awaken and open my eyes to the truth of what I was doing and why I was doing it. And then I broke that cycle. Mm. Okay. Barbara, is this a, is a personal experience, this book? It sounds really fascinating. Yes, yes, it's personal experience, and everything in there is true. I grew up in Am Avenue, right there in the heart of Harlem. I attended schools there, and that's my stomping ground. So it's it's a real book, and it's awesome. very and it's full packed with truth. And um, all of this racial tension, hate, uh, divisiveness that we saw in the last with the last administration, um, you know, really wrenched my heart because. We can't live like that in America. America has come mm-hmm. a long way, and you know, to for for people to keep stirring up a, a, the racial tension, racial hatred, it really disturbs mm-hmm. me. And in my book, I have real live stories. I have been a victim of racism, but yet and still, it doesn't make me a racist. Yes. Yes. But, so this leads me to my next question, um, and, and yes. we're going to switch topics just a little bit. The okay. um, African Americans were Republican during the Civil War. Yes, that's correct. And it was the Democratic Party that had the group called the KKK. That is correct. The, the KKK originated out of that party. That's so correct. So at what point? Turn Democrat, and whoever wants well, to answer that one, well, go ahead, well, Darrell. Well, 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 I think it, you know history. History shows that I, I guess during the uh, when Roosevelt got in office, the New Deal, and uh, a lot of African Americans, thirty uh, African Americans, turned into Democrats, and because mm-hmm. of, of of Roosevelt, and uh, you know because you know that was during the time of the Depression, and of course if if uh, history shows if, if white America is suffering from uh, depression, you know, it's going to be worse, worse, you know, in the African-American community. And so I think that Roosevelt and his message of the New Deal, it, uh, it's basically, you know, a lot of African-Americans in here and did research and they were excited about, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
Roosevelt, and then also uh, after you know after Roosevelt, then here comes John F. Kennedy. And you know one of the things with John F. Kennedy, you know he was a young guy, fresh face, uh, and also he got and even in the South when Martin Luther King was uh, and the Civil Rights Movement was happening, uh, in, in, in the, the Freedom Riders in the '60s. You know it's uh, when Martin Luther King went to jail and uh, under in, in, in Georgia under Democratic governor. Uh, the story is that. Uh, the story was that uh, John F. Kennedy called the governor, and the governor got Martin Luther King out of prison. And uh, what happened was uh, the Nixon under uh, the Nixon when Nixon was running for president, Nixon was told to you know give uh, the, the governor of uh, of Georgia a call to help out Martin Luther King, but Nixon refused. And so when John F. Kennedy called and, and got Martin Luther King out of prison. Uh, Martin Luther King's father, uh, 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 Daddy King, went all around the South and said, "You know, I'm not. I'm going to support John F. Kennedy." And what was truth was always told was that uh, uh, Daddy King did not support uh, uh, John F. Kennedy because he was a Catholic, and and that was something uh, that uh, you know uh, back then Daddy King was was. You know, that's called Daddy King was that he was not supporting John F. Kennedy because he was he was a Catholic and he was supporting um, um, Nixon. So what happened was, like you know, Kennedy got his son out of jail and said, "Well, Daddy King said, listen, I got a pocket full of money and I'm going all around the South and tell everybody to vote for John F. Kennedy." And so that was one of the turning points of of blacks. Uh, Turning Democrats in the South, especially in the South, when uh, John F. Kennedy got Martin Luther King out of jail, and and uh, Robert Kennedy called and, and talked to Martin Luther King's wife, and his and his wife told to, said that uh, that uh, tell John F. Kennedy uh, that thank you, thank you for getting my husband out out of, out of prison. So that was one of the, you know, during the Depression was one one era, and then also in when John F. Kennedy was running for president. And John F. Kennedy helped Martin Luther King get out of prison in the, in the South. So that helped a lot, tremendously. And a lot of African Americans start really turning to the Democratic Party. And then you had the whole Goldwater situation. So, you know, so people, you know, definitely African Americans at that in that era definitely wasn't supporting Goldwater for president. But, uh, but the, the issue, so the issue then I have is, the um the it seems to be that the african american community has almost been a slave to to the yes. program yes yes that were offer are offered by the democrats absolutely you're absolutely you know, it's almost, correct it's almost like what what i'm saying is that the handouts that are yes. given by this party absolutely. it's, it's well, almost I, I, like they they were Duped in some way, you know, very and, much and they, so. They, and they were Daryl Oh, okay. They, they yes, definitely duped. And, and but you know, you got to understand this: the whole Democratic Party. That's what they're about, especially poor people, giving giving away things, giving away free things, and and not just in the African American community, but in the white uh, poor areas too. So you know, once you start giving away. You know, talk his welfare. Start giving away, having all these social programs that keep people on welfare, keep people not getting uh, jobs, and you know, and it's and it's a generational thing. And so, if you look at an African American community in the poor areas, you know, definitely when you see fifty percent, sixty percent dropout rate, you see uh, kids graduating from high schools with the fourth and fifth grade reading level, and they can't compete. And and now you're starting to you, you see that happening, and, and what type of jobs they're going to have? What type of jobs you graduate from high school? Are you able to work as a Walmart, McDonald's, and or American Amazon making thirteen dollars an hour? As they call it the, the service workers generation, because these a lot of these young kids they cannot compete because of the educational level, the violence, and, the, and even with the you know Bill Clinton. Well, why do you love Bill Clinton so much? Oh my God, Bill Clinton is the greatest president ever. You know, well, you know, when I tell you that, well, you know, 
under Bill Clinton, the 94 crime bill. More blacks in, went to jail than any period in history under Bill Clinton. And so, you know, the, you know, that was one of the reasons why African-American blacks, we didn't, people did not vote for Hillary Clinton because they could be with her husband and how she called uh, African-American super predators, African-American men super predators. So people, a lot of people who, they, they do remember that. They do remember the 94 and how that sent a lot of African-Americans to jail and destroyed a generational family under Bill Clinton. And they were certain a middle-class African-American still loved Bill Clinton, but, you know, but a lot of people forget about what the Clintons did in the, in, in the 90s. And, you know, like the crime bill that sent more African-Americans to jail in any period in history. Over a million African-Americans went to jail for small but, yeah, crimes, be, small drugs. The because the, right, because they're not realizing that the Clintons are thugs. Yeah. Absolutely. And the media doesn't also, report on uh, it either. Yes, and the thing about it, but the thing about it is that in the black community we have a decrease in the number of intact families. Presently, we have, and for the last couple of years, we have over seventy percent of our, according to the um, Heritage Foundation, we have oh, about seventy-one to two seventy-two percent of black children being born to single headed household, which puts those children at a disadvantage because you don't have that intact family, you don't have that mother and father checking on the welfare and the well-being of their child, you don't have the parent going to the PTA meetings to check on what my child is being taught, and all of that has disappeared practically in the black community. So a lot of it, I believe, has to do with the breakdown of the black family. And it's very easy to train people to think the way you want them to think when they don't have that solid foundation or that family support and people directing them to live, to, to be able to seek and pursue, pursue their own happiness, to complete their education. If the parents were involved in the urban communities and some of these teachers who are unfit to be teaching, the parents, if they would rise up, they could make a difference. But when you have broken families, you don't even get that involvement. I know because even in Harlem, I used to attend parent-teachers association meetings just to see how many parents would show up and be concerned about their children. It was very, very few. So, And then when we depend upon other people to provide us with happiness and provide us with affordable housing and things like that, we become, uh, what is it, dependent upon these people. You know, my grandmother was born in 1898. I never heard her talk about racism. I never heard her talk about what she wasn't able to do. She started a business. She was a hairdresser and made a very good living doing that. My grandfather never worked for anyone. My father never worked for anyone. So the opportunities are there but we're not encouraging our children to seek their own happiness. We have given them that, what is it, that attitude of entitlement. And that's why the Democrats are able to control them because they, they'll tell them a free phone. Nothing is free. When I'm shopping in the urban communities and they say, yeah, you can get a free phone, I say, don't the taxpayers pay for And then, you know, they leave me alone because nothing is free in life. I mean, maybe the air. But, I mean, you pay, and we have paid a price in the black community. We have paid the price of owing non-effective politicians a vote because they promised that they would get us affordable housing, and, and they remind you that they did this for you, and you owe them. You have to keep them in office. Just we, All we have to do is look around at the urban areas and see how devastating life is and see how mm-hmm. wonderful these people are living and how rich they are. Yeah, and, 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 and to me, you know, I, talk, I have a lot of uh, Democratic friends in the city of Trent, New Jersey, and, uh, you know, uh-huh. I tell them, just like, it's like a cult following. And, you know, when, when you look at the, 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 the politicians, you know, when I, I, what I tell you, yeah. when, I, when, I, when I told people who were running who was a congressman like Bonnie Watson Coleman, and I told some 
Senate Democrats. I said, listen, you guys, in the especially in the 90s, you were around, you didn't say anything when all this stuff happening, and you allowed it, and people voted yes. for you, and, 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 and you look at what's happening now, you look at the educational system, you look at the prison industrial complex, you haven't really challenged that, but... You know, and and it's and it's sad because people, you know, they say, oh well, you don't have to go out and and, and fight. We'll fight for you. Just vote for us. And and, and, and normally that's how people. Some people, well, you know, they're not going to go They've out been and lying, fight, but lying you know, and lying. Yeah, is there? Yeah, we'll, we'll fight for you. We'll do the right thing for you. And by okay, so you vote for us, and 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 what do you get? They they get more richer, and they're wealthy they in their do. pocket. They they make millionaires. You know, you That's go right. into Congress making hundred thousand or so hundred some thousand a year, and then by the end of your career, you're worth five to ten million dollars. You got wealth, absolutely. You got and and so we're looking at a a corrupt society, a corrupt government, inherently corrupt, and people that are you know. And, and my hero, Dr. King, always talked about doing what's morally right for the people. You know, not not that it's really politically right because politically right can mean anything. You know, and so when you know when uh, Obama said you know he started supporting gay marriage, you know, and, and a lot of African Americans said, "Wait, wait, 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 Darrell, 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 one yes. moment." He didn't start. He supported gay unions when he was a senator back in wherever he came from. Yes, that didn't start. That was back in 2007 because I looked at his senatorial record. And he supported same-sex unions then. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, he voted well, yes well, for I, that. And, and what I, as, as as president, you know, I I remember it had to be God that woke me up, and I and I woke up and saw a documentary on PBS with this young lady, African American lady, girl. She was uh, they were trying to get uh, lesbians, I mean, uh, gay and lesbian people to get married in, in Maryland, and so she walked up to this young lady. And said that do you support? Would you sign our petition to support gay gay marriage? The lady said no. African American lady said no, right? And then the girl said, "Well, Obama says it's okay." And then the lady turned around, looked at the young lady lesbian, and said, "Well, Obama's not my god, and I will never support that." And then the lesbian girl was like, she, she looked at her, and she didn't quite understand. What? Why would that woman say Obama's not uh, my God? She didn't. She, in, in her mind, you know, she had Obama was is the president. He's the leader, and she he supports this. But when the woman said Obama's not my God, she couldn't understand that in her head because she never was told that, you know, that there's a higher power than the president. There's a, a high, as a God that's it's running things. And, and, go ahead, Steve. Well. well well, well Daryl, okay. that's what's sad also. That's what's sad also because liberalism has invaded a lot of our churches in the black communities. Mm-hmm. They have invaded it. They have taken it over. I mean, I've been a member of a few churches in Harlem, and, I mean, some of the things that I heard were absolutely outrageous. As a matter of fact, one of the pastors even marched with Dr. King, and um, he, 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 I've heard, I heard him say, that black people should vote for black people because white people vote for white people. I've heard him say all sorts of things like that. That was when Jesse um, Jackson was running, I believe. But, um, you know, the black church used to be the pillow of the black community and help black families stay together and teach morals and virtue and ethics and all of that. And now you don't see any of that. I don't see too much. I see a, a little bit of it, but not much. Uh, yeah, Barbara, so we I, have I a agree. lot of problems in the black community. Uh, yeah. See, the three yeah, pillars of, of 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 life I've been taught are are family, God, yeah, and yeah. uh and uh not, I would say um our our country or you can replace it almost yeah. sometimes we replace with government. So what what you're saying, Barbara, very eloquently is they've taken away the family, they've taken away yeah. God. So left with the yeah. only thing left for you is government. And so you're dependent on That's government right. for what family and God aren't providing. Absolutely. It's a very profound That's statement you're making. Correct. It's a very and, ex- and I think you, you summed it up nicely, and so did Daryl with some excellent yes. examples of of exactly how the Democrats have in, invaded uh, the community and in, uh, in, in a cult-like manner and won't let people go. 
and, 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 and the at, thing about it, but yeah. the thing about it is that even you know, with people who go to me, and I have a a chapter in my book is called Clergy Chatter. Even people who go to church on a regular basis couldn't see how wrong it was to vote for a candidate that believed in same-sex marriage and believed in aborting babies. And they mm-hmm. go to church every Sunday, and they're the first ones to say hallelujah, amen, and praise the Lord. But yet mm-hmm. and still, I, and I talked to one pastor. It, it, I mean, I talked to a few of them, but one in particular with one election. He couldn't give me a reason why he couldn't tell his congregation that you should vote for godly principles. And and, now, and this has been going on and on and on and on. Even the church-going people vote for <coughs> candidates who say kill the babies and marriage as defined by man is better than how God defined it. Yeah, and and, and what you're seeing now is, is, is a, a generational change of uh, both younger generation of, of black and white kids in general who, who don't believe in God, who are going to college, get taught by liberal, these liberal universities, and, and, and it's okay, you know, you don't believe in God, you can be, you know, it's okay for, you know, two, uh, two, two men to get married, two women to get married, it's okay for a man to dress up like a woman and go into a woman's bathroom, it's okay. And, and, and the politicians mm-hmm. say, because, because we now, the, the politicians are now, are, are the moral leaders. And, and not the, the preachers used to be the moral leaders. The politicians now are the moral leaders. And whatever the politicians say, it goes. And we have a serious, yeah. we have a, a serious dilemma. We have young people, whether they're black or white or Hispanic, and they believe they have, there's no God. The politicians are the gods. The politicians tells you what 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 you how you should think, what you should believe in. And 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 and, and this is a society, and we go into a society that's gone totally mad. Which, which everything is on. What's even in the media on that? Whatever the newspaper say, what CNN says, MSNBC says, whatever Hollywood, whatever Hollywood says, it's okay. If Hollywood says it's okay to hug and kiss each other and 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 do you know and, and do all the most craziest things, it's okay because it's on cable television. It's okay because. It's on Netflix. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead and do it. And you're if numb, anyone you're numb to it, it yeah, makes people anyone, numb to it. Of course. Yeah, if anyone questions you about it, they are wrong. If anyone says, you know, two men is okay, it's wrong for two men to kiss, it's wrong for women to get married, and it's wrong for it, then they're the wrong. Then we're the evil ones. And so, so we're well, okay. you know, we're worshiping yeah. the God of sex and violence. I mean, evidently. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see it because it, they tell you that those things sell. And with the breakdown of the family, you don't have that head of the house, what that supposed to be, godly man, guiding, directing, teaching, leading, and providing an example for these children. Mm-hmm. Black people yeah. were told that you don't need a man and et cetera, et cetera. So we'll take care of you with welfare and boy. That just um, went too many too many heads, and you have women having multiple partners that they're having children by. Children don't have the identity. I ran a not-for-profit organization up there in the Bronx, and I had to close the door and cry when I saw birth certificates where it says father's name, they were blank. No father was listed on those birth certificates. And I had one mother who had ten children, and I looked at four of her birth certificates from four, four of her children, and not one of them had a father listed. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I used to do health intakes in uh, Philadelphia. Or, or what I what I was used to seeing was, you know, five kids with five different last names. So that, yes. that was the intake I used to I used to do. I believe it. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. It was yeah. so heart wrenching and heartbreaking. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that I I just couldn't even talk to the mothers. I had to sit there and cry because I can imagine that child applying for a job or having to produce the birth certificate and there's no father listed. I can imagine how embarrassed that child would be. That's our problem. That's our major problem. We're not teaching our children. We're not bringing them into solid homes and structured homes. And we're just letting them um, just wander and be raised by 
ESPN or whatever it is, and and whatever comes on television. CNN, MSN, yeah. CNN, the home that's is the foundation. The home is and your foundation. You, it's your rock. Oh yeah, it is. It really so is. So how do we How do we start to make it to change it um, back today? You have to. You have what to, you are the things fight. that we need to do? We have to fight. Right. We have to challenge. We cannot be afraid. And that's what I tell you know some of my Republican conservative friends. You have to get out there and stand up. What do you believe? And Martin Luther King said the best: "If a man has nothing to die for, he's unfit to live." We have to stand up. We have to challenge. We have to fight back. Groups are speaking. You know, lesbian and gay groups. You know, what's on television? They, they're promoting this foolishness. This is madness. This is progressive left. You know, they're pushing it's evil. influence. It's evil. And so we it have is. to challenge out. We have to speak out against it. The preachers have to speak out about it. And so, you know, even this whole thing it, of Hollywood, this whole thing of Hollywood, yeah. it, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, they can sit there and talk about all these, you know, everybody's doing this and that, but he's still coming out with the most craziest movies, the most racist movies, the most sexist movies, the most violent movies, and Hollywood is just pushing this madness out. Yes, they are. And and, and then the sad thing about it is that we support it. I I don't know who was that earlier that said that there's no substance or plot. I very seldom go to the movies unless it's a documentary because – what am I going to go there for? Spend all of that money to do what? With, with the with the idiots are blowing up, but people are going to stop and kiss and all of this crazy stuff. But yeah, and, you know, people, we support this stuff. We give them our money. When we have even some of these so-called actors and all of this who are vile, who are vulgar, we don't know how to tell our children not to buy that, don't bring this in my house, and not go to support them. No, well, we just go along with yeah, the look at the kid, look at the Kardashians. Kids worship yeah. the Kardashians, and you know, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, I really haven't found any any anything worthy of of, of being uh, emulated in that family. Wow, yeah. isn't that and, 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 and one and, and one other thing, you know, when I was you know I don't like to start watching, I was checking out Netflix. Yeah, and and I, I look at what's the girl, like Jane Fonda show with Jane Fonda and the other girl there. They married. Uh, to husbands, and next thing you know, they found that their husbands are 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 been having a sexual affair, and then they get oh, married, and, and and it's and it's, you know, and it's like okay, like wow, okay, really, and then they're kissing each other. It's, it's the craziest thing because because they they make the movie so likable. It's so you know with the likable stars, and it's okay, and it's accepted, you know, and so you know you have to say okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on for a second, no, 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 no. Okay, it, it may be a good, but but it, it, it's good, great stars and act. It's wrong, you know. And and so the idea is that when kids see this, the adults we can understand. Okay, oh well, we're a certain age, the generation know it's wrong. I don't want to see it. It's wrong. I, I'll turn it off. But we have young kids watching that, and we have a younger generation that who's been watching cable since they were three years old. They they're now nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. The parents been giving oh, them no. cable. They've been watching cable since three years old in their room, seeing the most craziest, vile things and, and yeah. violent, ga- b- violent video games. And even in the black black community, uh, you know, these violent video games and killing, uh, you know, each other and, and, and raping and, and shooting up. And then in the, in the suburbs, white community, kids watching these uh, uh, military games, video games where they're killing, and, you know, so. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, what, as you want to call it. Sometimes in, in, in much worse city. than that, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, the, mm. so, so we have and, and their parents mm. say, well, you know, I... I the I, pornography I little, in there, too. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I don't mm. want little, you know, I, I, I want to, I want little Johnny to sit home and be quiet. I don't want him to get upset, so I, I want to do my thing, and, and, and I'll give little Johnny uh, a, 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 a military uh, video game, and, and, and that'll keep him quiet. So when little Johnny gets 17 years old, 16, he goes out get a machine gun and goes shoot up a school. Well, you know, what did he have? What was in his home? Well, and then you look, you it, know, goes, it's, it, yeah. it goes back to the home. It goes back yeah. to the home. 
And then, you know, when my children were young, they couldn't go to the movies unless I went with them to make sure that it was decent. And if it wasn't decent, we walked out. And I watched mm-hmm. what they watched on television. They were not allowed to watch television without me supervising them. Not to say that my children are perfect, but after my marriage broke up and I had the whole, full responsibility of taking care of my children, those were the things, some of the things that I did because those were the things that my mother and my grandmother did to me. They monitored yeah. me. And see, our children are not being monitored. And like I say, I'm not perfect. Now, I've never gotten anything from Netflix because I don't even think that they would have anything that I would waste my money on or my time on. We have to start boycotting a lot of these things. We have mm-hmm. to try to encourage other people to boycott. When you hit them in the purse, that's when they'll stop. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's, and, and and that's one of the things Dr. King and, and I love so much about Dr. King. He thought about the idea of hitting the money, hitting them in where it hurts the most, the money. That's and once that's you hit correct. Them, that's what we have. And to once do. you hit them in the pocket, then they'll change. Then you know? they'll and, listen and like to I, you, and they'll change. That's right. Yeah. And so you know, one of the things, like I said before, you know, these, I talk about these violent video games. You got little Johnny in the suburbs, white kid, little Johnny watching these uh, violent video games, and you got little Malik watching home, uh, watching, sitting in Grand Theft Auto about, you know, little Malik. He's, next thing you know, by the time he's 15, 16, it's okay to go uh, kidnap somebody or rob somebody or shoot somebody or sell drugs or shoot a person in the head because little Malik, you know, African-American kid, is, 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 is his mom been giving him Grand Theft Auto 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 since he was five years old, something to play with. Now he's he's inundated with all this violence and, and corrupt, corruption. So he just goes out there and commit more crimes because his mom said it's okay because the mom giving him the video games because the mom want to go out and want to have fun, want to party, and want to keep him in his room and keep him occupied when she goes out and do his thing. Of course, of course, of course. And, and that so goes we back. have this. So, so we have this problem. Family. Yeah, and, so we have this problem. And the, and then the families aren't teaching the values that made this country great. This mm-hmm. country, you know, from what I understand and from what I see and from what I know, families used to sit down at that table, say their blessing, bless the food that they're about to receive. And and those were things that helped build character. You know, I ran a, um, a not-for-profit in Harlem for many, 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 many years. And the church children I dealt with were totally unchurched knew nothing about just saying a simple blessing. Thank you, dear Lord, for this food we're about to receive because we have removed God from our society because God with his guidelines will help us have a better life, a better mental state. It'll be mm-hmm. less violence. We'll have more respect for human life, including our own. But that's yeah. the missing, yeah. you know. And there's one party, and it's the Democratic Party, who seems like God is a curse to them. In other words, remember when they had the DNC, they had a, a, a Democratic National Convention, they didn't want God mentioned, et cetera, et cetera. And you see their principles and what they support are so ungodly. Killing a baby in a womb where that should be the safest place for the baby. They have no problem with just before the baby's born. If they can get it passed, they would pass legislation that they could kill a baby on its way being born. Besides the same-sex marriages, because, you know, two of the same sex will never have a marriage. But um, this is this is what they call it. All of this mm-hmm. stuff is so ungodly. It's like removing God from society. And this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values, and we need to stand up for them, promote them, and not compromise. But also the Republicans don't, should have to be so weak because – and, and, and i got to admit – you know that we have a lot of weak Republicans who are afraid to stand yes, up, or afraid to challenge. They don't want to go into the inner they city. So what they recalled. Yeah, and so what they happened need was to be recalled. yes, they do See, because they don't want to go. The but it's up to we the people. Like George mm-hmm. Washington said, the power of the Constitution will always rest with the people. The people have to be re-educated, re-informed, and all of that. And we have to recall these people. These people don't deserve to be in these positions of power. Whether they're Republicans, whether they're Democrats, I don't care. We have to fight for our country. It's not based on whether they're Republicans. Get rid of them. Yes, you're right. 
That's right, because but when, but and, and also these Republicans and Democrats, they sit there and make deals with each other. Well, you know, we'll give you, we'll let you have your little area of the Democratic Party. We won't challenge you. We won't go over there and, and challenge you. We'll just stay in our little Republican area and, and, and keep things going while you stick with your little dem, your Democratic area. So, you know. Well, so that's why they. To, yeah. Yes. Well, that's why they hate Trump so much, because he's not a politician. Mm-hmm. And they can't bribe him with money because he's a billionaire. That's why yeah, there's yeah. such intense hatred. Mm-hmm. Because they don't yeah, know they, how to do yeah. him. For him to fall into line with what's been going on. And when we discover what's been going on and we see that someone's corrupt, regardless of party, we have to be loyal, number one, to God, loyal to our country, and stop being so loyal to these parties that are full of crooks on both sides. Get rid of them. That's true. That's my take. So... So we have to do this pretty much step by step. Yes, we do. P- pick yes, our we objective. Do. That's right. And, 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 and work to, it like that because this is a monumental task. And we it have is. to educate uh, the young people because, you know, when you go to these colleges you sit down with young people and you ask them, well, what do you believe in? Do you understand? Do you know who's your congressman? Do you know who's your senator? You know they can't tell you anything. Do you? Do, I mean, no. you, you know, and, and, and just the idea is that if if the young people, if their minds, if they have the media controlling their minds, and all they but all 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 they watch is some crazy stuff on television and movies, and then and they watch yes. Facebook and they watching YouTube, and they could be controlled with the violence and everything else, the madness. You know, we're gonna have a serious problem, and we have a serious problem now. But we're going to have yes. a serious problem in about 10 to 15 years when you have another generation who also grew up on Facebook, grew up on YouTube, who never watched any type of political or social talk shows, who don't know, who never even stepped foot in the church, stepped foot in the church, yes. who don't believe in God. Whether you're black or white, in suburb or in the city, we have a generation who just have not even thought of the concept of God. You know, I know. It, and, and so, you know, when I when I, when, when I, I talked to this young kid, I said, you know, if, if someone ever happened to me, if I got shot, you know, me and my boys were talking, you know, we get, somebody got shot or something, we get stabbed, we get hurt, or we get in a situation where we're calling on the Almighty, we're calling on the Lord, Jesus Christ, call on him, we're calling on him. These kids, if they go through any situation where they get shot or they, if something serious mm-hmm. happened to them, their body itself, they have to make a decision, they don't, they don't have anything, they don't have no God to call on. No, they don't. And, and, and no, that, they don't. And so, and so, this is that that generation. Whether you're in a city or a suburb, or you're black or white, you have these young kids. They don't know God, and and so the idea of who they go, who they calling on, they have and nothing of that high power. And that's the family's responsibility. Yep. The family is failing our yeah. future generation. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's their responsibility. Yep. We shouldn't depend on government to tell our children about God. You should have a mm-hmm. mother and a father praying with that child. And if you don't have a father, at least let the mother do it. Somebody has to be praying yes. for these children and guiding them the right way. You're They're right raising themselves. Uh, uh, and uh, and um, Daryl, Barbara, and Steve, I want to mention that, um, unfortunately, we're running out of time. And okay. um, Daryl, do you have the website? Well, uh, can go and donate. Go ahead, tell us. It's the GoFundMe, uh, right? Uh, well, you, you know, there's two ways you can do it. You can go to the, our, our GoFundMe page and just type go in GoFundMe, type in enhanced interrogation, or you yes. can t- type in uh, block b l o c h, and then wall w a l l production. So it's block wall productions at gmail dot com. Blackwell, it's B-L-O-C-H. Daryl, if you can okay. um, Facebook me that information, I'll put it out on the site, the, the okay, latter yes, part, please. okay? Matter of fact, I'll, I'll send uh, that to you right now, because you can just go GoFundMe forward slash Enhance Interrogation, but I will, uh, and we have a Facebook page, too. Uh, you can, like, Enhance Interrogation, a Facebook page okay. that people can go on and like it, too. And, and so I'll, I will send that to you, matter of fact, uh, I will send that to you right now. 
And so, and can, uh, I, can, can I just say real? Can I just say real quick yes, that, ahead, that my book is on pre-order at Barnes and Noble and um, Simon and Schuster. It can be pre-ordered. Escaping the racism of low expectation by Barbara from Harlem. Awesome. Okay. Thank um, okay. You. And guys, uh, yep, yeah, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on, thank and I you. will certainly have you back because this was a an awesome conversation. Thank you, thank you. Um, and God bless. Yep, and folks, um, we are God out. All of you. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned till next week when we will be talking about being post-constitutional. Again, that's yeah. next week at uh, Wednesday at 9 p.m. And we'll see you then. Thank you. I just sent it to you.